You're listening to episode 241 of the FitzPro podcast, and today we are going over goal-oriented programming. So really what that is is aligning workouts with specific fitness objectives. This is geared towards coaches, but also does apply to trainees. So if you are interested in kind of getting more specific with the goals that you have with your training and then how to make sure that your training is best suited for those goals, today's episode is going to be for you. Without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average FitzPro. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a FitzPro. God bless it. We have to start today by thanking Legion Athletics, who is the sponsor of this podcast and the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. If I did not have their whey protein, I would be struggling to get in the protein that I need. That is a fact. Um, I've tried a lot of proteins in my day. I did plant-based for a long time. Their whey protein, Legion's whey protein, cocoa cereal is my favorite. It's a more muted version of chocolate. It's just, it's so easy to consume with just water. It gets you your 30 grams of high quality protein. And for most of the people I have talked to that have more sensitive stomachs than I do, it doesn't seem to mess with people's GI tracts. So if you're in the market, check them out. You obviously know I'm also a fan of their creatine and their non-stem pre-workout. They've come out with a few new supplements. Um, I mainly back everything that they come out with from a quality standpoint. Now, whether I personally like it is a whole nother discussion. I think that their protein cookies are disgusting. Their protein bars aren't bad. So take it or leave it, go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y legion.com and use code Annie at checkout for 20% off your first order or double Legion reward points. So as I kind of said in the intro, this one goes out to fitness coaches and trainees alike. Coaches, good luck writing a program without knowing what the goal of the program is. This is something that we discuss inside peer programming. It's one of the main aspects of a good program is even if you aren't assessing somebody one-on-one, If you're writing a templated program, it needs to have specificity to it if it's going to be effective. And a lot of coaches, I think I'm going to do a podcast on kind of common programming mistakes and where some programs fall short. It doesn't mean that it's a terrible program. It's just gaps that can be filled. So keep an eye out for that episode as well. But trainees, you should also not be fully depending on your coach to come up with the goals of your program. That, in my opinion, lowers client efficacy, and around here we want high client efficacy. Ideally, you know why you are training, and more specifically, why you are training in this particular season. So to be clear, the reason might be simply to maintain consistency in the gym. That's what today's episode is all about, determining those different objectives that we can have in the gym, and some program design ideas around those different goals, when those goals make sense, etc., etc. For any of these goal-oriented programs, it will be important that you are tracking your progress as a trainee. It's not that you have to be performing actual assessments, though you certainly can, but if we want to track our progress, this is like coaches training and trainees training, we need to be tracking our workouts. 
Now you can do that in an old school notebook or an actual training app like TrueCoach, which is what we use with our clients here inside Built by Annie. This just allows you to track workouts be just being completed as well as the weights or reps that were completed within the workout. And I also highly recommend or encourage writing notes and providing context to how your workout went. So in the spreadsheet that I provide for the master program template inside peer programming, as well as our programming inside True Coach for Built by Annie, there is space to leave notes under every single exercise. No matter what your goal is or your client's goal is, notes provide context, like I said, on a week-to-week, lift-to-lift basis. These don't have to be really, really extensive notes. It's just nice to be able to look back on the weights that you used the previous week and maybe some notes that, you know, you had a pinch in your hip last week, but they feel really smooth and great this week, or you had really low energy last week, but this week you feel great. Like it's just something that I really do encourage over time. And again, I think builds efficacy within a client's training. I'm sure that I could find research to back that idea that tracking increases efficacy potentially, but I don't have that on hand. So I digress. Let's get into some goals that can help lead program design. The first goal or kind of season, if you will, phase of training would be maintenance and consistency. This season or goal makes sense for busy seasons or seasons where something else needs to be top priority and requires more energy from you as the trainee, maintenance is totally fine. And you could be in a maintenance season for a year. Like you're literally just moving to move and to be consistent for your health. And you don't have any goals really within your training other than maybe some performance goals when you show up to the gym that you would like to focus on, but you're not working towards any specific goal in the gym, aside from actually getting to the gym and getting the lift in. This can absolutely be a quote unquote goal of yours. And for the coach who is doing program design for a maintenance season, maybe even an extended maintenance season, I would suggest really focusing on just solid program design. And the maintenance piece is probably going to come from keeping the RPE you know, seven to eight, it's still challenging, but we're not maxing out. We're not going to failure. Um, As far as movement patterns go, you have balanced movement patterns. We're not focusing on one thing over another thing. We're just writing well-balanced programming. That is what I see for maintenance and consistency. And then as far as if consistency is a part of the goal, we want to be sure that the client is enjoying whatever these workouts are. So just being sure that it's in a format that the client enjoys or that the exercise selection, maybe even the set and rep range is something that the client favors. That makes sense in a maintenance and consistency season and if that is the goal for training. Next up is muscle growth. So the specific goal is muscle growth all over the body. Now you could have areas of focus even within that. Maybe a client really wants to build the glutes and the deltoids or the quads and the biceps, who knows? But generally speaking, the main overarching goal of the program design is going to be muscle growth, so hypertrophy. This particular goal will take high physical effort and require quality recovery, but not always a high mental load, which I think is so great for seasons like 
personally, my postpartum and pregnancy journey. Um, You can hear more about that in my Pregnancy 1 versus Pregnancy 2 fitness YouTube video, so check that out if you haven't yet. Um, I believe at the time that this podcast drops, maybe that that YouTube video was last week or the week prior, maybe it's coming this week, whatever, go look for it. I'll put it in the show notes if it exists, or you can search it on YouTube. As I said, obviously to build muscle, we need high effort in the gym, but it's not the same mental load that comes with improving strength. And strength often involves more compound movements, more heavy loads within those compound movements, and generally really hyping yourself up mentally to hit these numbers. Hypertrophy doesn't require that of you. So it's really great for seasons where maybe you're like, you know, I can get in and grind, but I don't have time to prep my body, mind, and spirit for a heavy squat, you know? Hypertrophy may not require those large compound movements. It certainly can, but you have a lot of exercise selection options with a hypertrophy-based program. Um, It will require consistency and high effort, like I said. So the RPE or rate of perceived exertion needs to be high and reps need to be taken to near failure. So you need to be sure that your client has the capacity to do that in this season. And then from a program design standpoint, you could see supersets with the same muscle group being worked. Your rest periods are probably going to be 60 to 90 seconds between sets. And the overall program design and exercise selection is going to be more focused on areas of the body versus full body. Generally speaking, again, hypertrophy can happen probably on the largest span of program design from exercise selection to sets and reps to tempo and all of these different aspects. But these are kind of some generalizations that you'll see within program design for hypertrophy that are kind of tried and true. So supersets, fatiguing one muscle group from different directions, taking those to almost failure, resting 60 to 90 seconds, and focusing on specific areas of the body, probably hitting those areas of the body two times per week. Those are pretty good rule of thumbs for program design if muscle growth is the goal. If you have an area that you really want to hit, then you can do that three times per week and spread out your weekly volume. The next goal and specificity that we can have within program design is to increase your overall fitness, which I see as kind of capacity work. This Adaptation could come through capacity work, so higher volume, lower load, lots of unilateral or full body work. Think like thrusters or um, landmine work, kettlebell work. That could come through cardio in addition to strength and hypertrophy training, so you might not even touch your strength training or your weight training, I should say, but you are going to add in more aerobic activity to that training through cardio. This goal could also make sense when somebody just wants to take a break from the weights or just go through the motions with weights, not even maintain, like they're fine dropping off a bit. And for a season, they just want to work on more cardio-based exercise. This could replace weight training. So it could be in combination with weight training, or it could be the actual weight training itself, but with more of a capacity and metabolic focus versus muscular or strength building. So from a program design standpoint, you could see a lot of supersets and trisets or Metcon style training, AMRAPs, timed sets versus hitting an amount of sets and reps. 
you are working for a given amount of time and accumulating reps within that, you may see generally higher rep work, but still challenging. It just might be less taxing in other ways when we look at your joints, your mental load, etc., that comes with some of those heavier lifts. You may implement some energy systems development. So that would be like if you're adding cardio um, in addition to normal training, or if you are kind of marrying the two and using kettlebells and some lighter weight metabolic work based around heart rate. And again, holding a certain intensity for a certain amount of time. That's what we're going to see with a more fitness based program. The next goal that we can have is something I mentioned earlier, which is to gain strength. This is for a season where you have or your client has high capacity for mental and physical load. It's going to be high stress to the body on a daily basis potentially, and we're talking from a physical standpoint and a neural standpoint. The CNS is going to take a hit during true strength work. So we're going to see from a program design standpoint, a lot of large compound movements that call upon many muscle groups and many joints at the same time. This program may take a lot of prep work as far as getting the joints and muscles ready to take on these heavy loads and to build up these skills. From a reps standpoint, you're likely going to see reps under six for most of the big lifts. And you may favor single sets over supersets or tri-sets. That's not a given. It's just a tendency that you could see with more strength-based program design. And then longer rest periods. So this is why I say or draw the comparison between hypertrophy and strength. Hypertrophy, it takes a while in the gym, obviously, from a duration of the lift standpoint to get these muscles to failure, right? But from a strength standpoint, it takes the same amount of time in the gym, but you're doing a lot less uh, because you're resting more, you're just prepping for the lift, etc. So there's a lot more lag time or downtime in a true strength-based program versus what can you can see in a hypertrophy program. And I just want to make that distinction because as I've said in other episodes, I feel like they get lumped together and in their true essence, they are not the same thing. Um, The next thing we can see is skill-oriented. This is a really fun goal to bring back some life into your training and not necessarily focus on kind of the traditional goals of strength or hypertrophy, which we often see in health and fitness. It could be in conjunction with a maintenance phase or a fitness-based season of training. None of these are absolutely mutually exclusive. So maybe you're taking some time to hone in on push-ups or pull-ups or a pistol squat or box jumps. Any movement is a skill. And so know that as a trainee and a coach, a goal of a program can also be to work on the proficiency of a skill or a set of skills. If you've never considered that before, it's something to consider. So the rest of the program would kind of be either generalized or well-balanced Um, based on assessment or based on other goals. And then there would be kind of a bias towards skill-oriented training and being sure that accessory work and things of that sort are helping whatever skills you're trying to improve. The last season or goal of training is something that I think a lot of people will relate to. You've probably been through this season, you've had this goal, and that is a rehab season. 
Now you're likely only programming as a coach for rehab if you are in fact a physical therapist, but trainers can absolutely still be programming for rehab or with a bias of rehab if your client has been cleared and is now making their way back to maybe movements and loads that they've previously performed with you or another coach in another season. The program design here is going to really work on and focus on those weakest links and bringing them back up. With that, I encourage you to keep movements that if it's you, you, or the client enjoys and feels competent and strong in, especially in seasons of rehab, postpartum, post-surgery, whatever it may be. It's really important to mix in things that you are good at and that you do enjoy and that do build your confidence or remind you that you're still strong when the majority of the rest of the program is probably not going to be fun. You're working on things that are weak, that don't feel good that you're not proficient in. So we want to be sure to balance that from a mindset standpoint. Um, Marry the rehab specific piece with another goal that we went over for other areas of the body. So maybe a client can work on bringing up their fitness and feel successful there if they're quite restricted in strength and hypertrophy training. Or maybe they can improve other skills or focus on hypertrophy due to the lack of mobility in or due to the rehab uh, specific stuff that they have to work on. So if, depending on the limitations basically that come with the rehab, can a client work on building muscle either in the whole body or in other areas of the body? Or can we work to bring up fitness? This was something when I had um, a knee surgery, I really worked on fitness because I could ride the bike. And so I, that's when I did energy systems development and I got really, really fit from a heart rate standpoint. So just consider that the rehab doesn't have to consume every part of your training. I hope this gave you some useful notes for program design and considerations around the goal-oriented program or the idea of goal-oriented program, whether you're working with one-on-one or you're making a templated program or you're just looking for education around training yourself. The changes and focuses can be subtle, but make a difference with, I think, joy, efficacy, and adherence for the client in the long run, I think, with their training. So hopefully you enjoyed this. If you did, give the show five stars, leave a written review, go to anniemiller.co slash news for the new options that you have for our mailing list. I am spitting out better information, more specific information from a business and fitness standpoint on a weekly basis. So until next time, I am Annie Miller, and thank you so much for tuning into the Fitz Pro Podcast. Podcast.